Christianity has produced in a lot of people that are Christian a works mentality that you know you got to be good enough for God's goodness you got to you got to do something for God's goodness you know what it ain't that way God God's just good he's good you say well I've got this going on in my life you know that's um, that's that's bad how is how is a good God let me go through bad things? Well, we live in this world. <laughs> this world is corrupt. This this world is ruled by a God that don't care about you. But there is a God that we step into when we become a Christian. There is a presence that we live in this world, but out of this world. And so you've got that balance. Matter of fact, you're overbalanced in the goodness of God. I was um, thinking about it this morning. And of course, we had a TV preacher on. And um, while Lynette puts on her makeup, she listens to these guys. While I put my makeup on, I listen to these guys. But a thought came to me that, you know, we, we, we want to please God, don't we? We want to please God and we want to do what's right, knowing that doing does not make us right with God, but we are right with God because we do, or we do because we're right with God. Um, We think about these commandments, these 10 commandments, maybe the 613 commandments of the Old Testament, things like that, maybe the simplified uh, version that Jesus gave us, but there's one commandment that he gave in the New Testament more than any commandment, any any other commandments that were given. And the one commandment he gave us that's over 200 times, some people said it's 365 times in the Bible. I haven't went through and counted them. If it is, cool. But it's over 200 times at least that God says in his word, do not fear. If he said that a whole bunch of times, don't fear, right? Don't fear. Do not fear. Like what Becky was saying up here in the beginning is we need to slow ourselves down, slow our roll, slow ourselves down to the speed of life that's happening because we don't want to miss the moments that God has for us. God takes us, his goodness is what takes us into these moments and through these moments and allows us to to, uh, based in these moments. But fear will rob those moments every time. And he's not telling us not to fear because he's wanting to put this heavy command on us, but he knows that fear will steal the moments. And if fear can steal the moments... Then, then we're going to miss the goodness that's there. So I want to encourage you today. I'm not telling you not to fear because we all have the tendency to want to fear. But Jesus said, do not fear. The Bible, the Word of God says, do not fear. It's not because He wants to command you. It's because He don't want you to pass by the moments. 
when um, on Friday uh, morning, Lynette and I were in our gym uh, at our uh, place that we go to the, to the gym, and one of our partners in the gym blew his knee out. He just had reconstructive surgery on his knees, and he and he blew his busted out. And um, he's laying there on the mat. We're waiting for the ambulance to get there. And there's a lot of fear that's there, that's present. There's a lot of fear trying to enter in. But you know what? We're not in fear. We're to bring God into those moments. And I had the honor of gathering with our peeps in the gym around him while he's laying there and just place my hands on his knee and say, we're not going to fear. You're, you're healed. In Jesus' name, you're healed. You're healed. And even though we didn't see an immediate manifestation of it, what we saw was that God is working and rebuilding and giving the doctors wisdom to rebuild his knee. But we had to remove the fear and be in the moment. Bring God is good into those moments. Amen. All our life, he's been faithful. All our life, he's been so, so good. And he'll remain good. Amen. You received that this morning? Do not fear. Don't miss the moment. And Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. I thank you so much for these that have gathered this morning. We're not in fear, God, of what um, what's going on in our world. Even when fear tries to rise in those things, Father, I just thank you so much that we will begin to lean into the moment that you're good, even in the bad, even in the midst of what we see as bad. Father, that we won't fear what the administration of our government brings in. We won't fear what the former administration brought in. We won't fear what the next administration brings in. Father, we're just not going to fear. We're going to live in the government of you are good. You are a good God. We have your Holy Spirit. We have your word, your son, Jesus. And we thank you for that. And we ask this, all these things in the name of our great God, Jesus Christ, in his name. Amen. Praise God. Y'all good today? All right. If you would turn around and tell somebody hello, you can give them a high five, a handshake, or just a punch in the chest, smile. you guys to Cowboy Church this morning. Welcome. <laughs> I want to welcome our Facebook Live. I know Becky had welcomed you guys a while ago, but thank you so much for joining us this morning, uh, letting us come into your homes or your uh, office or wherever you're at today, letting us be a part of your life as you're a part of our in-service uh, life as well. We just pray that the, the Spirit of God would show up where you are and uh, fill the place where you are with His presence as we get into this morning. So 
Man, what a what a good day, huh? Better than last week. You know, last week was just cotton picking cold, and um, I I burned a lot of wood last week, and uh, so it's a it's a it's a good day to be in the house of God. Amen. I love what David said in, in, in the Psalms. He said, it was, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. So I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad you're here. Um, another reason I'm glad that I'm here today is because I got a, a good friend from California in. I don't want to point him out, but he's right here. Uh, <clears throat> he's, a, he's a fellow pastor. Uh, just I've, I've got to know him. I've got a friend on the East Coast. Now I've got a friend on the West Coast, and I'm in between. And we meet every, uh, we meet by uh, uh, FaceTime, yeah, Zoom or FaceTime. Uh, every two weeks we get together, us three, and just bounce stuff off each other, pray with each other. Anyway, Vince Brook uh, right here from, what, what's the town? El Centro. El Centro, California, way down by the border. And uh, fascinating dude, if you want to talk to him, say hi to him, he'll, he'll just download all kinds of cool stuff on you. <laughs> So uh, he's, a, he's a prophetic guy, and man, it's just not a pathetic guy. He's a prophetic guy, and uh, he's, he's so, so, uh, so good. Thank you for being my friend, man. Uh, glad to have you here today. So anyways, um, now comes the big part, the big part. Um, I have the honor of introducing... someone who has impacted my life more than she knows. And um, I remember, <clears throat> some of y'all don't know this, but we started, or we, we were, uh, before we moved into this building, in a barn, I would say a barn, a 30,000 square foot indoor arena, and we were all tucked in this one corner to have church. And um, I remember one morning I was sitting there in church, and, and um, CW, our son in the Lord, had brought his little blonde-haired girlfriend in, and <laughs> she was she was sitting on the front row beside me, and um, I heard her singing, and I went, "Whoa, Britney Spears right here!" <laughs> and um, Pastor Mark was was leading our worship at the time, and and I said, "Dude, you gotta you gotta get this girl to sing uh, with you," and um, so we did. We um, recruited her in and um, anyways gave her a new Mercedes and <laughs> no, no we, we recruited her the right way and her heart was to, to serve and to sing and to do whatever God wanted her to do and um, heck a few years later she becomes our worship leader and, um, and in that that's the capacity that you guys have known her in as our, as our worship leader and she's, she's so bold on the inside, and it comes out when she's leading worship, and sometimes when she talks um, between songs or something, I'm like, holy cow, that's just, that blows me away. And it's so cool to see the kids in your life step into a new realm and uh, step into those places where um, you are, but blows so far past you that... It's God is good. Amen. So I had so many more things that I wanted to say about you, but I'll cry and I don't want to cry. 
and ruined my eye makeup. <laughs> but um, anyways, you, you guys know her as our worship leader, but this morning she's got, um, she's got some things on her heart she wants to share with you. So uh, if you all would, give a Cowboy Church welcome to Kirsty Wegley. Thank you. Love you. Okay, well, if you stay standing for one second, um, I want to actually honor our pastors. Um, They are so amazing, and I know you guys know that. You guys get to listen to them every week, but let's just give them another round of applause. We truly appreciate them and honor them. You guys just feed so much into everybody else, and um, I want you to know when you leave here, it doesn't end. Their job continues throughout the rest of the week, so we just thank you guys, and we honor you. Um, for everything that you guys do for us. So um, you guys can go ahead and be seated. I'm going to try to work technology here and make sure it's running so it doesn't recover my face. Or No, there we go. Okay. So um, it was interesting when Pastor asked me if I would speak. We were sitting in there at a staff meeting, and I was kind of thinking, he's joking, right? Like, because I don't know what I would tell people. I'm like, I like to clean. Like, I like plants. That's really lame. But I know we don't come here to talk about ourselves. But I was like, okay, God, what is it that you have for me to speak to people? And so I didn't want to just say yes without really praying about it and asking God. And so went home, started praying about it, and I went to sleep that night. And I had a dream, and God woke me up. And so I woke up. God had given me Philippians 8.4. So I go to my Bible and I open up and see there is no Philippians 8.4. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe I got it backwards in my head. So I went to Philippians 4.8 and I started reading it and I was like, okay, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. Like this is God answering with a confirmation of scripture to me. And the scripture went along with things that God had been speaking in my life. And so I wake up the next morning and I'm like, God, if this is really what you want me to do, you'll confirm it, right? Has anyone ever been there? Like you pray and God confirms it, but yet you're like, I need a confirmation. And he's like, hello, I just gave it to you. So he's so gracious and such a gentleman. Um, I go ahead and I go throughout my day. My son comes home and he says, mom, would you help me? with my Bible verse. And I'm like, yes, he has a Bible verse. Every week that he gets, we practice it throughout the week. And he goes, mom, it's Philippians 4, 8. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) go figure, right? So uh, God, like I said, is such a gentleman. And uh, even when I ask him to send the boat when he already sent it, he does it again. So Um, I'm super blessed, uh, to be here and I don't take it lightly. And I just thank you for the opportunity. Um, so if you guys would, let's go ahead and start with that scripture. Some of you have may have read it before, but we are going to read it out of the amplified. So if you guys would turn to Philippians four, eight, and, uh, we're just going to read through this. I really like the amplified. I don't know about anybody else, but sometimes I'll read a scripture and then I'll go look at it in different, um, Bible apps or different Bibles. And it just speaks to you, um, in a little bit different way and things are highlighted. So, uh, Philippians four, eight says, 
Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and plant them in your heart. These things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in daily life. And the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. So, God, we just thank you so much for this morning. God, we thank you that every heart is here for a purpose, God. God, that you woke them up. God, this is a divine appointment with you this morning. We just ask that your Holy Spirit would just come fill this place, God, that people would would leave with a feeling of just knowing you more, God. God, we just thank you for the love that you poured out when you sent your son to die for us, God. And we just pray that you would just bring an awakening to us today, God, that eyes would be opened and ears would be opened. And God, we would just turn our hearts to just be positioned towards you. And we just give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So um, I'm going to tell you guys a story. Um, I used to think when we had testimony, it was like, you only have one testimony, but I learned that is not true because I don't know about anyone else. I've walked through a lot of seasons in my life and I have a lot of testimony. (laughs) So um, some of you may have heard some of this story, but uh, it was two almost three years ago, which feels weird to say. I don't know about anyone else, but last year felt like the longest but shortest year in some odd way. Like, I don't know how we got back to almost a year of being in isolation and all of this stuff. But it was 2018. Uh, My husband, which I want to, that's not my husband. Where is he? (laughs) That one right there. That one's mine. I belong to him. He belongs to me. He's amazing. Okay. Um, anyways, uh, we found out that we were 10 and a half weeks pregnant and we were super excited and we found out at the 20 week mark that we were having a little boy and my son had been praying for a little boy for years. Uh, we have a little girl too, and he was super excited for Miss Taitlin, but he really wanted a brother to wrestle with. And girls can wrestle, but just not to the extent of what a boy could. So uh, we were pregnant, and uh, we went through that first part of the pregnancy, which seemed really fast because we had found out at 10 and a half weeks that we were pregnant. So we go in at 23 weeks, and we had been needing to check on some things with baby, and I was supposed to have a surgery the next week, and so they wanted to see if we needed like a neonatal team there to be with the baby um, in the womb and if they needed to intervene or anything like that. And so we're just in the main doctor's office and she comes in, she does the little, what is that called? I must said the metronome. It's not a metronome. (laughs) Yeah, the Doppler thing. And we can't hear the baby's heartbeat. We're like, okay, great, like no big deal. So they take us back to the ultrasound And we're in the ultrasound room and we're sitting there and it's taking like a really long time to find the baby's heartbeat. And so we're just kind of hanging out, making jokes with the ultrasound tech. 
And she looks over at us and she says, I'm so sorry. She says, there's no heartbeat. And instantly my heart was like, no, 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 no. And I, I looked at my husband and I said, we need to call Pastor Trey and Heather. Um, Pastor Trey's ministered here before. He had just, like two weeks, we had just seen him. Um, and he had said that there was a woman they were praying for. The same thing happened and God completely revived this baby. And so I said, testimony to testimony, we need to call him now. And so we called him and we called pastors, Darren and Lynette. And uh, Pastor Lynette came and I remember sitting in the room with her and she looked at CW and I and she says, do you want to pray for him to be raised from the dead? And I sat there just in astonishment because I never realized that that would be something that I could be praying or I would be praying. Um, And so long story short, we um, pray about it. We, not that we wanted to raise him from dead, but we, we wanted to, we took that. We said, yes, we want to pray this. And we started praying and God said, wait three days. And so I don't know about you guys, but the community of people that we have around us, if you do not have a community of people, you need a community of people because the people that linked arm with us, the worship team that came and warred with us and worshiped their hearts out, like is just such an amazing thing to have those people back you in your time of need. And so we waited three days and uh, it was Friday morning. November 30th, we had sorry, uh, people come and meet us at the hospital, and we prayed over baby, we prayed over me, and we went to the hospital room, and we have like maybe eight people in the hospital room, and this doctor walks in, and it wasn't my doctor, and she's staring at us, and she's like looking at us like, why do you have this many people in here? And so she starts kind of explaining the process of us like going to birth our baby and all this stuff. And she gets done and she says, do you have any questions? And we said, my husband looks at her and he says, can you do one more ultrasound? And she says, okay. And she's like with everybody in here. And I think at that moment, she probably felt like a little nervous and kind of like dumbfounded. Like, are you seriously asking me this? Like, I already know what's going on. Why would you, why would you do that to me? And especially in front of all these people. And we were like, yes, like, would you take one more ultrasound? So she takes one more ultrasound and there's still no heartbeat. And at that moment, it was like, all I could think is God's good. Like the thing that I thought, man, I should be mad. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was, I was having time struggling and processing, but like, I knew God was good. I was like, through this, I know God's going to be good. I don't know what this looks like in the end, but I know God's going to be good. And so Brad, if you could put that picture up real quick, um, we're, we're waiting. And, uh, I had a good friend take this picture. And when I look at this picture, I don't think, oh, that was the day that our son went to heaven. I think this is the day that we took a risk in praying. This is the day that marked a lifestyle of pursuit of the impossible of taking risks in intentionality with Jesus. And so I look at this as 
is what some people would think is, oh, that was a loss. But I look at it and I'm like, that's a victory because through every bad thing, God works for the good. And in that moment, God changed us for the better. And so you can go ahead and take it down. Um, If you fast forward a little bit, uh, I think it was like four or five months later, we find out we are pregnant again. We didn't think this would happen fast. We were still processing everything. Um, And I'll kind of just, there's a couple like key points, but we started walking on this journey of walking through loss, but not yet completely having time to grieve. And man, God is so good because he continually would just bring us scripture and we would stand on scripture that he would give us and declare these things over us and the pregnancy and all this stuff. But, uh, we decided to use the same doctor that we had when we birthed our son Boaz. And we felt like God really wanted to use, um, that doctor and us, like the relationship we had just I don't know if you ever get that feeling. You're like, I know I'm supposed to be with this person for some reason. I'm not exactly sure why. So we stay with this doctor uh, at 23 weeks. Yet again, we go in um, and they tell us your baby's really small. We don't think you'll make it till this due date. Um, Just all these different things. And it was at that moment that we were like, you know what? Like that scripture says, whatever is good, whatever is true whatever is wholesome, we are going to stand on these things and believe that. And so as we started speaking these things out, we started just seeing like little improvements and they weren't much to the doctors, but they, they were big to us. And so they didn't think we'd make it to 32 weeks. We make it to 32 weeks. We go in and they say, well, he's still just not growing super great. His arms and legs are under the first percentile. His chest is in the sixth percentile. His head is in the 94th percentile. And they tell us that he has a skeletal disorder. And so I remember getting, like sitting there in the room looking at my husband and I'm like, he's okay. He's fine. He's totally fine. And I just had this overwhelming sense of peace that everything was going to be okay. And we decided in that moment when we got in the elevator that we were going to continue to take the risk and pray because we took the risk once and prayed and I would never not take the risk again because if you've ever taken a risk, whether you've seen the results you wanted or not, you just have it anywhere. Like I wouldn't not do that again. And so we begin to pray for our son and we begin to declare the word and we begin to just stand on these things that we know God has promised us. And so uh, within that, we, we start to see the goodness of God coming forth. And I know my story is completely different than the story I'm going to tell you about this woman in the Bible, but I feel like there's different, like there's different things about this story, but there's also things that are relative to what we walk through. And so if you guys would, we're going to go to Mark five twenty five, And as you're turning there, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what was going on during this time. Uh, this woman um, had an issue of blood and it had been for more than 12 years. She had been to numerous doctors and yet there was no result of anything. Can you imagine, and maybe some of you have been there when you've gone to the doctor and you go in because you're like, I'm needing to find an answer and there's no answer. 
and you feel disappointed, you feel hopeless, and you're like, I don't really know what to do. And so you're just like in this place of, okay, I'm just going to wait this out. I don't know. And so uh, also back in that time, it was a time where men had more influence, um, especially if, if anyone was unclean, then that was like you were deemed like you need to be isolated, which I think in this year, this last year, we could kind of say the same thing um, with everything COVID. But uh, so she was deemed unclean. And if people saw her out, she could have been stoned because normally the impure like her would defile the pure. So she would have been stoned and they would have had the right to do that because she was out in public, not clean. So um, let's go ahead and read through this. It says, a woman who had suffered a condition of hemorrhaging for 12 years, a long succession of physicians had treated her and treated her badly, taking all her money and leaving her worse off than before. This is before she had heard about Jesus, um, like I said, in that waiting period. She slipped in from behind and touched his robe. She was thinking to herself, if I can put a finger on his robe, I can get well. The moment she did, the flow of blood dried up. She could feel the charge and knew her plague was over and done with. And I think of this, I was reading in uh, the Jewish New Testament that the hem of the garment, so it was the lowest place of his robe, but it was the most holiest place. And so actually her going to reach out and to touch the hem of his garment was like to everyone else, they would have been like, why are you doing that? But to her, I believe that she, she just wanted to touch something and she didn't know, but yet that was the holiest part of the, of the robe. And she just wanted to be obedient and trying to just at least touch, get a grip of it because she knew that she would be healed. And so it says, at the same moment, Jesus felt energy, energy discharging from him. He turned to the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said, what are you talking about? With this crowd pushing and jostling you, you're asking, who touched me? Dozens have touched you. But he went on asking, looking around to see who had done it. The woman, knowing what had happened, knowing she was the one, stepped up in fear and trembling knelt before him and gave the whole story. Jesus said to her, daughter, you took a risk of faith and now you are healed and whole. Live well, live blessed, be healed of your plague. And so I can't help but to think in that moment, she had been waiting 12 years. I know I've waited like one year or like a month for something. She waited 12 years years. And she had heard about Jesus and she had heard different things. And she wanted to just get close enough to him to just touch a little piece of him. So if you could just imagine, like, I don't know if any of you have been to the Greeley Stampede or Cheyenne Frontier Days. Um, Sometimes I don't like going because I don't like being around like people bumping into people, but like pure example, set yourself in that place where You're in a large group of people and people are bumping into you. Some people are being not so nice about it. (laughs) And it's just, there's a lot going on. 
And for Jesus to say, man, who's touching me? I think, wow, some of these people were intentionally touching him and some of them were just bumping into him. But yet the people that were trying to intentionally touch him, he didn't feel the power leap. So what was different about her? And I, like I said, I can't help but to think that she had that faith. She wanted to take that risk because she was so desperate to see something different. She knew that she would be healed. And so, uh, like I said, I, I think that with that scripture, Philippians 4, 8, that she was sitting on that, that she was, she was saying, I want to be pure. I want to be wholesome. And so, so many times, I know, I don't know about you guys, but I've been there where I thought I was touching Jesus. And maybe in reality, I didn't know that I wasn't. But I can tell you that I have touched Jesus and it has changed me. And I never don't want to not touch him again because it's so impactful. And so... When we came out of the pregnancy, we had, so Boaz was the first pregnancy. Titus was the second pregnancy. And we'd been standing on the word. We'd been praying. We had been praying prayers we had never prayed before, which I don't know about you guys. That's a big deal. When you pray something you've never prayed before, whether it's the most minute thing or it's bringing someone back to life or it's praying for healing or financial needs, like whatever it is, like, God's sincere in it. And so we're praying this and we're praying healing over our son and we're declaring Isaiah over him and we're declaring Psalms over him and we have different scriptures that we're declaring over him. And we go to have him. And I remember God had given me a scriptures in Psalms where it said, he will come out with a ear splitting noise. And I'm like, there is no ear splitting noise. I'm not sure why, but Pastor Lynette's like, he's okay. They're taking him. They're doing something. And uh, I think it was two weeks later, I had my pediatrician calls me and she's like, wow, this is such a miracle story. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she says, your baby was almost dead when he was born. And I'm like, excuse me? (laughs) I'm like, "Uh, CW, come here. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. And my husband was just, he didn't know how to tell me just from the past situation we had walked through, but pretty much anyone, I don't know if you know anything about babies, they're born with an APGAR score. It's like one to nine. Uh, Most babies are born at like a six or seven. He was born at a one and he was blue. He wasn't breathing, but he had a heartbeat and he had to be on oxygen. They were doing all this stuff and I remember God saying, he will come out with an ear splitting noise. I didn't hear that. I didn't see anything. I didn't even know what was going on. But yet I stood on that promise and rounding it back about like we stood on the promise for this baby to be. And so God fulfilled that promise. And I will tell you that two weeks that we, that we had, I had learned about all of the things with his birth and all that, we got a phone call saying that he was completely healed. He had no skeletal disorder whatsoever. And so we just, we praised God and we thanked him for that. And I truly believe that 
if it didn't start in the room when we were asked, do you want your baby to be raised from the dead? I don't know that I would have even been able to pray healing over my baby. And I think so many times we get caught up in the emotions of what's going on in our situation. And instead of responding the way God would want us to, we react in a different sense. And so we were able to respond to the way that we needed to for God to fulfill everything that we had in our heart. We were praying and we were declaring that. We were asking God for these things, taking a risk. And one thing that I know stands true, like the doctor that we had for for both babies, I know that God had us with her for a reason to just minister to her, like from death to life. Like, I don't know if any of you have been in an area where people are like, looking at you weird, or I don't know, like I used to not have a lot of confidence and I'd be like, Oh, everybody's staring at me. I don't know what they think. Like, and you kind of get self-conscious and I'll tell you when you take risk, people are going to look at you weird. People are going to think that you are a fool because they don't understand the power of God. But when we take that risk and we open the door to release heaven I can't think that God wouldn't want to fulfill that. And God is such a loving God that when we open the door and we say, God, I'm willing and I'm obedient to whatever you want me to do, he's going to open those doors. And even if it's not the results you want to see, he's going to continue to grow you and mature you in that. And so um, I think like I said, simple obedience and taking risk is, is a huge thing. And I know there's probably people sitting in here like, oh, I wanted to pray for that person at the grocery store and I wanted to um, pray healing over that person. God wants you to do that. He wants you to step out and take the risk. There was a, there was a couple weeks ago, maybe it was months, I can't remember the time frame, uh, that we were in a room with a couple different people and God kept telling me to do something. And I was like, I am not doing that. <laughs> Anyone ever been there? Like God's like gives you that little nudge. You're like, pay for that person's meal. And you're like, I don't have money. I'm not doing that. Or he's like, pray for that person at the store. And you're like, people are going to look at me like I'm not doing that. Well, I kept fighting myself and I asked God, if you would just show me, I'll do it. And once again, he's so gracious. He's like, okay. So I get up and I'm like shaking because I'm like, I don't want this to be about me. God, I'll be obedient. I don't even know what I'm doing. I've never done this before. And so I asked this person, I said, could you go sit down against the wall? And I'm like, I feel like an idiot right now. And so... I tell them to sit against the wall and God had told me to pray that his legs would grow out. And I'm like, I don't even know if his legs need to grow out. Like, (laughs) so if they don't, that's really awkward. But I got down there and I was like, I don't even know. Do I even ask? Are your legs equal? Like, I mean, I've never done this. So he sits against the wall and still fighting my head. I just start praying and I'll tell you, I don't know if his legs actually needed to grow out. It might've been more 
of a spiritual thing of God saying, I need you to be set on this firm foundation. I don't know exactly what it spoke, but I know that I was obedient. And I know that when I took the risk, that I was being in the heart of what Jesus had. And so many times we need to just pull our flesh away and step out in the risk that he has. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Like I said, I have no idea what the purpose of me doing that. And if it ministered to that person, that's great. And if it didn't, that's okay because God told me to do it. And if I want to ask for more, I need to be obedient in the little things that he's showing me. So uh, if you want to go ahead and come up here, um, I had read this thing, an excerpt, is that what it's called? Is that something? Is that a book excerpt? Is that a word? Sure. Uh, It's from a book called How to Worship a King by Zach Neese. And it says, either we emphasize the truth of the word or we don't. Either we value the presence and the power of God or we don't. Either we honor Jesus as the son of God who died for our sins or we don't. And I read that and it really just hit me because I think of that in, in the risk that Jesus wants us to take. In the risk that when this woman needed something, the only thing that would truly help her, she took the risk. She went out of her comfort zone. I mean, she sacrificed her life pretty much by going out. She could have been stoned. She could have, she could have just not even gone, but she had just like, I don't know. She had a little bit of faith. I mean, maybe she had the greatest faith, but like she knew that she was going to be healed. I know that I have missed opportunities in being obedient when God took me to, to take a risk. And so I encourage you guys today, even in those little things, when God is kind of pressing on your heart, to not just push it aside, like to really allow yourself to open up to what he's trying to speak to you. Because even if it's just for you, he's going to grow you in that. If it's for someone else, who knows? Maybe that's their healing. Maybe that's the financial provision for them. I mean, we don't, we don't know everybody's stories, but we do know when Jesus speaks to us that he wants us to be obedient in that. And so you guys would just go ahead and close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus. And just imagine, just imagine Jesus walking to the cross. I mean, can you really imagine it? Like, I know we say Jesus loves you and Jesus died for you, but like, can you really imagine him carrying the cross to go die for you so that you could live holy in the wholeness of what he created you to be? So that you could live a life intentional and purpose-filled and freed because of what he did for you. And 
Romans 1, 16, it says, For the gospel, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed both springing from faith and leading to faith, disclosed in a way that awakens more faith. As it is written and forever remains written, the just and the upright shall live by faith. And so my question for you guys today is are you ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Or are you not ashamed, willing to look like a fool? Maybe it's in front of your family. Maybe it's in front of other Christians. Maybe it's in front of the world. But are you willing to be set apart? Because we can't look like the world anymore. We can't be like the world. Because if we look like the world, we're not being set apart to who Jesus called us to be. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to live fully surrendered, taking risks, being intentional, being filled by Jesus so that I can overflow and pour out love and compassion on people. Because now is the time that we need to be doing it. We should have been doing it yesterday and we should have been doing it the day before. But if we haven't, he's saying, it's okay. You can start today. You can start right now. And so if there's anybody in here that you just feel an awakening in your spirit, you feel maybe something bubbling up, you just feel a peace, maybe you even feel like you're nervous, but I guarantee just from me experiencing it, it's not, you're nervous. It's God saying, just surrender yourself to me. And so I just ask that if there's anybody that hasn't given their life to Jesus this morning, that you would say, Jesus, I want to be with you. He's already called you son. He's already called you daughter. And he's just saying, just come to me. So if you would, if that's you this morning, I just want you to stick your hand up, not to embarrass you, but to take the risk and say, you know what? I want to be different. I don't want to look like the world anymore. So if that's you, just stick your hand up. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord. Then the other thing I want to ask is if you already know Jesus and you've kind of gotten into complacency, you've thought, man, I'm walking this Christian life. I'm going to church. I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm good to people. I'm blessing them. I'm giving them finances, um, whatever that looks like. But you want more? I'm going to ask you to stand up. You want more of Jesus? You want to be more intentional with your time? Because time is a sacrifice. And time is what we need to give into the pursuit of Jesus. You say, I want time. I want to be intentional. I want to be passionate with Jesus. I want to take risk. So God, we just ask right now, God, with every heart standing, God, to each and every person, God, we just pray that you would open up the floodgates of heaven. God, that you would just bring a new refreshing, God, that they would just continually be awoken. God, that you would just give them new facets of you, God, that as the angels went around and they said, holy, holy, holy God, as they lift up their arms, they lift up their voice.
voices, they begin to speak out the name of Jesus, God, that you would begin to show them new things, give them new revelation of you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. So when we were worshiping, I I seen a flag. And it was white, and it was, like, waving. And I don't know if this is for someone in this room or maybe someone on Facebook Live, but I felt like this flag was just, like, it was planted, but yet, like, maybe you were underneath it, and the flag was just waving. And it was white, and white is purity, I think of white as being just a a freshening. And I feel like God was just waving this banner above your head. And he was saying, I've already taken care of all of it. I've already paid the price for you. I've already taken care of it. So step forward. So I just pray that if that is for you this morning, that you would just step forward. God is calling you forth into the things that he has for you. We just thank you for that. God, we just thank you for everything this morning. God, I ask that you would bless each and every one of these this morning, God, that they would just be blessed this week, God, that you would just pour out new riches to them, God. God, that they would begin to take risk, that they would think of the things of you, God, and they would sit on different scriptures from you. God, that it would even begin in the most minute thing, God, that you would just open those gates wide this morning. So we just thank you for this time this morning. We just thank you for your love. We just we just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.